You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Raj and me. For everyone from comic nerds to comic news, you know who you are. Now here's your host, Raj. Hello and welcome to the Comic Book Informer Podcast. This is Roger coming to you on the 29th of August, Wednesday, Comic Book Day. And same as usual, lately, Sarah's with me again. Thanks for coming out, honey. No problem. Thanks this for having me. It's going to be a fun episode, too. I know you got all that rage in you now that needs to come out. We're going to oh save the rage. <laughs> Keep it in check. <laughs> it's a theme. At least once a month, it's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we'll say no more about that. Okay, we're going to start off actually with a correction to last week when I was saying that I had gotten caught up on Amazing Spider-Man and it was issue number 692. I actually meant 691. I had read 692, but 691 is where the uh, Lizard story arc ends, whereas six. 692 is where Point of Origin begins. And that's what we're actually going to cover first. And only because it's so goddamn awesome. It is bloody awesome. Of course, written by the man Dan Slott with pencils by Umberto Ramos. My, I, he's like my hero when it comes to art. Oh my God. Um, anyways, this issue here was that origin of his sidekick, Alpha, that we saw a while back as a promo. I can't remember what issue it was in, so don't hold me to that, but it was, uh, we saw it as a promo where they showed a little bit of it. Very little of it, because this was actually quite a bit in this little story arc here. And, of course, it is about this character, Alpha, who is a kid at the high school. You get the very same vibe as with Peter Parker when he was young, how he doesn't interact well with, you know, other people. Got a crush on a girl that he can't talk to. He's even talking about the popular jocks kind of thing in the same way that Parker had those guys in his life back then. Um, the class goes to Horizon Labs for a presentation done by Peter Parker and basically all hell breaks loose and this kid in saving the young girl that he's got a crush on gets zapped by these Parker particles <laughs> and of course isn't it always the way if there's ever an, uh, an accident and you're in the comic book universe stand in front of whatever is going to hit somebody else if it's a radiation or something you're bound to come away with some awesome freaking powers good things always happen to the good guys who just kind of you know well it happens to bad guys too but it's their choice to go bad after that but i mean yeah so this kid though gets well he gets his name alpha because he has the potential uh not even the potential it's going to happen according to reed richards he will be the most powerful of all of them due to the nature of his abilities and how they are getting stronger and stronger so in that regard, it's really setting up an interesting character in what is going to become the canon now. Uh, one would assume also, especially the canon of Spider-Man, because it's a character born of that. However, he may very well branch out on his own and have his own series. I don't know. Now, that said, though, looking back at who Parker was when he first started and then looking back at this kid now and who he is I don't know that I think this character would actually as it stands now be strong enough to support his own series what do you think I don't think so I think a lot of the things that held up uh Peter Parker aren't aren't in Alpha well and it creates a nice thing in here yeah 
So you're getting a, a really nice dynamic between the two characters because basically Alpha is doing all the stuff that Parker would have liked to have done when he got his powers, but he held all that back. So, but but he did so because of what happened with Ben, because he was on the road to doing exactly the same thing with his little wrestling careers uh, early on. So here, none of that has happened yet for the Alpha character we're in. There are still no real consequences to his actions yet, other than the immediate popularity, which is what he craves. It's true. And even the art, I find, I I loved it. I Oh, yeah. It was incredible. But even the art was a little bit darker, a little bit more twisted. Like I kept thinking back to Spider-Man too, when you're looking at like the, the original and how sweet he is, you know, I mean, sure. He, he goes through a little rough patch, but he always comes out the better man, the better boy at the beginning. And now you're looking at this kid and he just keeps stepping off track. He just yeah. he keeps <laughs> jumping, you know, like he's not looking, he doesn't really care. He's got the powers. Well, that's the thing too. And when he's showing up, not just Spider-Man, but the Fantastic Four as well. You're stepping on some pretty big toes there and they don't like it. But again, it's we're, we're seeing where it's going to be headed, which I don't want to spoil that for anybody. Um, but it, it, it will be interesting, especially when considering what we've recently read in other story arcs lately that we've absolutely adored and again i don't want to say too much there but it, it does it is lending itself to being a very nice little story arc here and i'm guessing again i having complete and utter faith in dan slot as a writer that once this story arc is done the character will have changed enough because we don't need a a booster gold or, you know, that type of character that is just so full of himself. And, and especially when it's a young kid that you just want to schmuck upside the head. <laughs> then, like, they know that most people won't want to read that. So he's going to need some humility. He's going to need some some traits that are going to make him a better person and a better hero kind of thing. And it sucked me right back into Spider-Man. Oh, God, I, yeah. I haven't read Spider-Man in a while. And I keep thinking, you know, like, I, I gotta I got to pick up some more Spider-Man. But this... Like, while I'm reading it, I'm researching. Like, I'm like, okay, so if I pick up these five, and then from there, I mean, it even adds in the little quotes, like, pick up this issue, this yeah. little side story over here. I love that. Yeah, so, yeah, you've got some catching up to do for sure. Uh, we're going to have to tackle that in another another episode. But, no, the, the what we're seeing here is, like we said, too, this, this character is going to become the most powerful um, superhero basically there is the the way that reed is talking there's no end to what this kid can accomplish later on as the powers get stronger and stronger in him and, and of course we get a taste of that when he takes down these these huge creatures kind of thing so it's it's going to be interesting to see and which is often the case with with again dan slot stories where Yes, the characters are very strong. The characterizations are very strong. The, the action is, you know, train off the rails fun. But it's how they interact together. The, the, the characters interact together. That's always so much fun to read. And that's what I'm looking forward to here. I, again, he, he set it up really nicely that here's a, a punk that's going to get on your nerves. But in the end, hopefully, he's going to become a hero that we really have a lot of faith in. So it's going to be fun to see where he goes with it. I agree. Okay, let's move on to the, from there to, to something that we did not 
like quite as much. And I had briefly mentioned it a while back when I'd read the first issue and kind of went, hmm, I ain't that crazy about this, but we'll see where it goes. And that is Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. And... Well, I'll let you tackle this. We're going to go through it. It's a four-issue series, and we'll we'll break it down and uh, each give our opinions of what we thought it was like. I shouldn't be smiling, but I yeah. am. <laughs> this, was, uh, this was not something I don't think I would have continued reading on my own without uh, an ulterior motive. Um, I've been there. Vince has <laughs> made me read all manner of crap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Dead Kill... Sorry, Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe, written by, hopefully I do this right, written by Colin Bunn, art by Dalibor Taljic. Sounds about color, right. Hmm? Sounds about right. Oh. <laughs> and color by Lee Lowridge. Wow. Uh, so we start off, and you know what? I will put it out there. I like the art. I thought, I thought there were some very pretty pictures. Oh, no, I comic. really, yeah. The, I wouldn't put it on par with the really, really strong art, but it wasn't it wasn't terrible by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. It's a different style that I'm not as crazy about, um, but it, it was certainly, it was still fine, yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, uh, but they really start the ball rolling. So it starts right off with Deadpool killing off the Fantastic Four. And it's just, it's it was... Brutal. It was a harsh, violent scene, but it was enjoyable. It was very quick. And then you meet a narrator, the Watcher, who's telling Deadpool's story about how he falls into all this trouble uh, and how the X-Men actually are the ones that are bringing him into a hospital for rehabilitation because he's obviously just too crazy and they can't handle him. I, when I was reading that, I was basically doing the same thing I am doing now, which is rolling my eyes. <laughs> When you're seeing Xavier and Storm and Cyclops and Wolverine rolling him in on a gurney to a freaking mental hospital. And I'm thinking, oh my God, are you serious? Yeah. Fortunately, this issue can be summed up very, very quickly. Um, because, again, in the end, his very first therapy session ends up going terribly awry. The doctor is actually what Psycho Man in disguise. <laughs> which I, I, I won't lie. I thought Xavier would have caught that. Probably. At some point, he should have. I had I had a fleeting moment where I went, maybe it's just a dream. This, this is not right. But, Psycho Man in disguise. So in the very first experiment on Deadpool, he's trying to create this army of soldiers, superpowers, all this stuff. <laughs> it, goes, it goes terribly, terribly awry, of course. Um, so Deadpool gets loose and kills him. And the only thing that's really benefited, nothing has changed except Deadpool ha now has his second personality, his second voice in his head that only wants one thing, to kill everyone. Everyone he possibly can. Good, bad, not really good, not really bad. Just anybody he can get his hands on. So he starts with the entire hospital. Orderlies. I think there were orderlies lying around in that final scene. I'm, I'm looking through the pictures. I'm, I'm not sure if I see any laying around. White shirt. Blue pants. Possible. While he's burning down the hospital <laughs> with all the patients inside. I know he tackles the, the, the watcher, which there's yes. something right there. Here you have the this omnipotent presence and he kills him, takes his head off. And it's like, oh, so this is where we're going with this. The thing, too, again, is, and, and I know there's there's 
rabid Deadpool fans. I get it. All right. But listen, then maybe you don't want to listen to <laughs> what we have to say. I understand what the character represents. I know that it's tongue-in-cheek constantly. I understand that, you know, he's the one character in the Marvel Universe who knows that he's in a comic and so breaks down that fourth wall and all that. I get that. I still don't like it. So, so that really colored my opinion here. But as a character still, I have... We have seen him done very well. Like when we're looking at the properly done Marvel Universe versus both the Punisher and Wolverine. I mean, in those, we saw Jonathan Mayberry make Deadpool absolutely awesome. Just unbelievably fantastic. So it is possible to take this character and do something good with him. Reminder as well with Uncanny X-Force has been handling it very well. Here we're back to the type of Deadpool characterization that I'm not so much a fan. And I really, I think one of the hardest parts for me is that he wasn't cheeky. <laughs> he just was not cheeky. And that is my favorite part. A little bit of banter. He had all of these great characters in this miniseries, but there was just a lot of chopping. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so we can summarize issue two fairly quickly. Um, he shoots Spider-Man in the head. <laughs> There was very little fighting, very little dialogue. You would have thought that the spider sense would have been a, going a little ballistic at that point. Before yeah. the gun came to his his jawline there, maybe something told him to jump, to get the hell out of there. Yes, well. No. Not, not in the least. And then we skip right to the Avengers, in which he uses pin particles to blow up the entire Avengers group that's left. Everyone that gets together, all gone. It was like three panels, I think. Three panels. Well, there were a couple that he knew would survive, and he had plans for those guys, like Luke Cage and Thor. But, I mean, even yeah. then, you go like, hmm, all right. They were very, very short. And then after that, of course, he goes after the Hulk, um, which I actually had a quick second of hope. I thought, I thought it might change a bit when the Hulk literally just tears him to pieces. Okay, now here's the thing, though. When you're looking at this panel, this, this kills me, the Hulk is ripping apart Deadpool. He's got one leg, ankle, in one arm, in one hand, and in the other hand, he's got one of Deadpool's arms. And yet, Deadpool's head f is flying off. Both his arms are flying off. And how is how are the other appendages flying off when he's ripping just one leg and one arm off? How does that make sense? I was just too happy to see him torn apart. I was. <laughs> All right. I didn't put too much question into it, but it is very, very true. And they're not being tossed in the right directions. <laughs> yeah, really, I mean, yeah. if you really, if you were to pull apart like a, one of those toys at Christmas, the poppers. Yes. Trajectory. Um, but yeah, so Deadpool gets pulled into pieces. And then, of course, the Hulk does what he does best. He takes a nap. nap. Yes. He was very, very tired. At which point, of course, Deadpool just cuts off his head like no nothing like just good morning yep insert corny <laughs> joke <laughs> yeah, here you wouldn't like me after tearing me to pieces was that it it was something was along those lines it was bad let's go with that <laughs> yeah you wouldn't like me after i've been ripped apart oh yeah oh a memorable moment <laughs> <You're> okay <laughs> 
And then, of course, you end uh, with actually, I thought it, I thought it was an interesting scene with a, a group of mourners. You've got Mary Jane, Aunt May, Mister Jones, a group of people, and they have like, a treasure trove on their coffee table. There are vases. There's at least one candlestick, a bunch of jewelry, cash, um, and of course, they're going to use everything that they have to hire the taskmaster. Now that said, though, see, at least when I saw the taskmaster, I thought, oh. This might get a little bit more interesting because like the Taskmaster series, miniseries from a little while back was so unbelievably awesome. And so I was thinking, okay, well, maybe this will be good. Why are you laughing so much? You're killing because yourself laughing. I had the exact same. I don't even know the character very well. And I saw him and there was like, there was hope. There was lights in the background. There was music playing. I was like, oh, oh. We could have a battle. Something good can come of this. Um, I, I just want to skip to the point where he is the worst tracker of all time <laughs> in this comic book. It took him forever to find a guy who wasn't hiding and just like throwing bodies. Yeah, know, really. like just leaving a trail of death. And this guy's like, I just, I just can't figure it out. All right, moving on to issue three. Issue three, Deadpool versus the X-Men. He's, he's running out of people. And the X-Men was a fairly large group. Um, and I thought it was elaborate. It reminded me of actually a couple horror movies, a couple old horror movies with the old buildings where they just separate everybody. And then like yeah, these yeah. rooms of death. Yeah. yeah. So Deadpool has Xavier captured. He's torturing him physically as well as emotionally by filming his students and friends dying or being trapped and tortured. So my favorite one, the very first one, is Scott, Pixie, Sam, and Emma Frost. Now, Scott is, I'm not a huge Psychops fan. Yeah, I was all right with seeing him getting his head blown off. It's all right. <laughs> I like the goop. I like the goop. Again, right out of a horror movie, a red goop flies out of a hole in the wall. I don't know why he was looking in a hole in a wall, but sticks right to his face. And everybody is worried they can't get it off. It's starting to harden. So, of course, they're saying we need to get him out of here. But what would the first thing he do? What, he'd blast it. But it's surrounding his entire skull, his entire face. And unfortunately, it was not a good idea. Uh, not only did it take his head, but it killed everybody else in the room. See, this is what I'd like to know. I, uh, we've seen Scott use his, his visor, his, his, his beam, ray beam things there, on a lot of people. Never... Have I actually seen it remove an arm or go through kind of thing? This time, it just ripped them apart like a freaking landmine, shredding everybody to pieces. Yeah, it was pretty gruesome. All right. what You know what kills me is while this is happening, the, again, Deadpool has got Xavier, who's crying at this point. <laughs> Good Lord. And who's sitting in a chair and he's crying because he's watching his guys getting killed. And then there's the other team with uh, Colossus and Gambit and Rogue and all that. And then it's not until they die that he finally says, I will not let you hurt anymore. And it's at that point that he says he's going to, you know, pop into his brain and stop him. I know. He watched all the other ones die. (laughs) It took three issues before he was like, that is it. I, my it. brain yeah. is going on. I am going to use I my power yes. for good. Yeah. <laughs> Not even a worked. knife to the knee. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm thinking a knife to the knee. At that point, I'm going to say, okay, Wade, guess what? You're going for a nap. Nope. 
Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> nope. We need to see more slaughtering. Most people would be on your side. Although, you, you have to admit, um, <laughs> those two panels, that's all it took. It was two panels. Colossus, Rogue, Gambit, in one room, holding it up so that it won't crush them. One panel. Second panel. Bzzz, yeah. Dead. That's it. So, I mean, imagine you're Xavier now, real time. Uh, Scott, at least, that's a bit of a play. I mean, you've got a little bit of time there. But two panels, I think that's like six seconds, if that. What are they doing? Oh, my God. You know what this this struck me as is the, the writer thought about interesting ways that Deadpool could kill various villains and heroes. And then he took those the top ideas of that and put them in here. And then for the other ones, he just shoved them in the room. And then in the next panel, something electric fries them all and then the explanation is oh he just bought these toys and then you don't need it's just comic magic you don't actually need a rational explanation of how these guys are killed in two panels when they've survived hundreds and hundreds of comics books and 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 everything under the sun but two panels zap that's all it Mm -hmm. took there was a burnt mutant smell joke in there too i believe somewhere so yeah but i would have been completely happy with that page if he had just inserted one tiny little box with like Deadpool's finger above a button something and then you know like okay well, he had the remote Pushed he had the button. remote in his hand I thought he that kicked, was click. TV well maybe it's a multi-remote it's one of those all-purpose <laughs> <universal>. remote <laughs> he, 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 he hooked it up to his computer on the USB port there before he started and he programmed all the keys to do specific things now, see, that's logical because there's probably a lot of rooms in that place and I'm, you don't want that many remotes laying around. I'm betting you that's what it is. He would it be killing is. all the wrong people. It's a Logitech universal remote is what it is. <laughs> we have one. <laughs> oh, okay. And that, so that's half, <laughs> half of the X-Men. We'll just quickly quick it up or quip it up so um, Xavier finally uses his powers. Uh, it doesn't work. He gets a very bad bleeding nose and then dies just instantly, I think, just... You know, I don't, his eyes didn't even roll back. He just, they went really wide. Well, it was the, the knowledge of the truth, which is yes. that they're all in a comic book. That that did it. That did it. Yeah. I don't think I'd be that shocked. I, I don't know. I, I kind of liked it. How does Magneto die? After oh, having survived it's... the freaking the, the Second World War, having been in concentration camps, after everything he, he has done, how does he die? I'm bouncing. I know this one. Acidic jelly. He's in a jello shot. He's in a giant jello shot. Yeah. Probably lime by the color of it. It was yes. very green, so it would have been very strong, I'm assuming. Um, but better oh. yet is that he doesn't kill Kitty. He traps her in like a, a, a one of Rubik's those carnival Cuba house of, hell of yeah. yeah, really. Which makes no sense at all. No. At all. You, no. you, there's no way you can make sense of that panel at all. There just isn't. But they tried. I think he threw in a couple big words. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Um, and then, of course, Wolverine, who um, I had actually originally assumed had died with the Avengers because he was in that group that was exploded. And Yeah, but he helped. has the same healing factor, so he just heals from it. Yeah, but plain skeleton, like nothing left. He was cooked clean, and then, you know, he's back. Yay, regeneration. Yeah. And um, so, of course, he's drawn there by probably all of his teammates and enemies dying, but also X-23 and Dakin being barbecued. Yeah, his kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I liked that in the panel that follows. Deadpool is wearing Beast. <laughs> I know. It's like a hood, like a cape. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, many, many artists did say they were going to change looks, you know, like figure out new costumes. And I think Deadpool looks good in blue. It's true. It is true. I thought it was a good look. Um, but yeah, so... Anyways, I don't I don't even know how to, to I I do like that when he killed Wolverine just because it's a little joke that Vince have had, and I have had too is that his mutant power isn't regeneration, it's popularity. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why he knows he'll keep coming back and coming back. It doesn't matter how many times they try to kill him. It's very very true. Yeah. But then uh, why is Deadpool coming back? Because of the same, he still does sell comics, sadly. Very very true. <laughs> okay. So that, that sums up the X-Men. They are all gone. They're all dead. Some in jelly, some in magical mirror boxes. And we've got issue four, Enter the Punisher. I was actually happy. I was so happy to see him. Uh, and it starts off again. You've got a large group of superheroes committing suicide. <laughs> yeah, <great>. really. That's <laughs> great. And like, the people in the street are like, we don't understand what's going on. Like, maybe they're just very stressed. You've got the kingpin. The kingpin <laughs> is going to kill himself. Mass suicide. And Nick Fury. Because, you know, that's what they do, these guys. And Daredevil. Did you see that lovely frame? He had his baton sticking out of, out of his, his eyes. eyes. Yeah. Could you could you physically do that? Apparently. He He is a superhero. Yeah. So, enter Punisher. This entire scene is wrapping up. The city's all stressed out, and there's reporters everywhere. Um, and there's the Punisher, just all call, calm, cool, collected, sitting there with his sniper, <laughs> getting ready to take a shot. And you, the perfect, perfect shot. Deadpool, just waiting in a window, you know? Like, there's a bullseye right on him. Takes the shot, runs over, you know, can't, can't give a chance to this regeneration. Um, but it's not. Deadpool, surprise. So he's killed the puppeteer. What I really enjoyed about that one frame, though, is all the dolls. Yeah. <laughs> there were little dolls everywhere. Every superhero, everyone had this tiny little voodoo doll. I like the octopus. <laughs> the Dr. <Dr>. Octopus. <laughs> they were just great. They were great little pieces. Yep. Um, they but... should make a line of those to sell. <laughs> oh, do so well. <laughs> but yeah, and then, so in that single frame, you go from the Punisher to Deadpool. I think he almost popped up from behind the Punisher. It's yeah. like he's following him the whole time. And the best part is, he doesn't even really kill him. He takes the toy, the Punisher toy, and makes the Punisher kill himself. Dun, dun, dun. Very, very sad. See, if he had gotten those toys in the first place, it would have been, I feel... A much more organized. Like you could have just had one panel. Just for play each with doll. toys. There yeah. you go. Problem solved. Afternoon of tea with your dolls. <laughs> yeah, the jokes might have been better. Quite possibly. <laughs> okay, so the Punisher shot himself. Very sad. The good news is that at this point in issue four, the Taskmaster finally shows up in a swamp. Sorry, they've jumped. They're not in the building anymore in the city. They're now in a swamp. Why? They've been everywhere else. They were at some sort of canyon. Uh, Just, they've been everywhere. Okay. But they had not been to a swamp. 
This is true. It, so, it was for the atmosphere. Yes. Yes. We'll go it, with that. It, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, so they're in the swamp and there was actually a little bit of a scuffle there. I enjoyed that fight scene. It was, it was a little enjoyable. Um, I found the Taskmaster's dialogue to be a little lacking. At this point, there was, there was nothing that you could say regarding dialogue that, oh, this was worse than this. It was all bad. No, there, I... there was no positive dialogue in the whole thing. So I, my expectations were pretty damn low. See, but the opening scene, I'm still picturing in my head all of the treasures on the table and in comes Taskmaster. But it it, it didn't hold up, unfortunately. No. No, it, and then no. Deadpool doesn't even kill him. Uh, the <laughs> man thing. The man thing comes out and and obviously Taskmaster is afraid. So it burns him and he's just gone. Like he pushes his head underwater. He just disappears. And then the man thing, being very courteous and nice, sacrifices himself to open up this huge portal for Deadpool. I don't even think Deadpool asked or said please or thank you. He just stood there. Giant portal appears. He walks in. And this I actually did. I did kind of enjoy. There was a couple. Oh, come on. No, just the panels with all these little pieces, (laughs) all these pictures of different existences, universes, different times. And, of course... The only cheesy thing left to do at this point is to pop into our universe. In fact, not only our universe, but the hallway outside of the conference room in which the writer and artist are creating that comic. They're creating that moment. Yeah, because we didn't see this coming. Yes. No. No! So, sorry, there was one more corny thing. There was one last corny thing. He turns to us, the readers, and says... You'll be next. Yes. 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 That was the end. That was four issues. There was the start of a story and then the narrator gets killed. He kills everyone and everything. Death, 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 death. No real story, no real battle or plotting even. Just shows up and chops them or, you know, like any initial. I would have liked to have seen some planning. See, the thing that I keep going back to, which I'm certain everybody's going back to, is once again, Marvel Universe versus The Puncher and versus Wolverine. Those miniseries had those moments that fans want to see. This superhero versus this other one. Or how would this guy take out the entire Marvel Universe and things like that. Um, so it, it is something that fans like to, obviously, I mean, we're seeing it in Avengers versus the X-Men 2 now kind of thing. But... Mayberry did such a phenomenal job writing those series, taking the time to plan it out, taking the time to insert phenomenal dialogue, fantastic characterization, and character development between them, rapport, everything. It just, both of those were brilliant. I absolutely loved them so much. And it was the post-apocalyptic type of story that, again, so many people enjoy as well. Then when you look at this, again, I understand that it's Deadpool. So they're playing on that. And it's supposed to be cheesy. It's supposed to. But it was just one sigh and eye roll after another. I I had no use for it at all. I really did not enjoy it in the least. It was one cheat after another, cliche after another, 
And it was weak writing. It wasn't taking the time to plan this out so that it actually made sense. It was one excuse after another. Like, the again, when you're seeing heroes being killed in two panels that are, well, you know, it's so easy that it's just no thought went into planning this. It's just... Let's just use comic magic again. And to me, again, that's that's weak writing, but that's what the entirety of this was. It's true. And after every after every issue, there was that line. It was like, you demanded it. Yeah, really? No, we didn't. No, no. At the end of every one, I was like, no, who? Give me a list. I want names. I want numbers. I really enjoy a story. I enjoy a buildup. Some sort of conflict. It didn't even feel like there was a conflict. No, there wasn't. There he, definitely wasn't. He cracked. He killed everyone. The end. Yeah. There was, was no it. opposing forces working against him. There was a couple of panels of that, but that was it. Like when, again, going back to Marvel Universe versus the Punisher versus Wolverine, you had this huge buildup of them working against them and like everything going on. There were a bunch of stories being juggled and beautifully it just came out so fantastic not this this is just monosyllabic at best it was yeah it felt like it might have been a dream the whole time (laughs) because again even characters weren't fully following they weren't using their powers the way you would expect them to yeah you know like the traditional roles weren't being taken and it for me i just kept thinking okay yeah see if i was deadpool I wouldn't let him turn that brain thing on either. Yeah. Why would I do that? Yeah, there was a bunch of things that, yeah. And it is. It's cheats for characters that, just like you were saying, they, they're not. They, and that's the other thing that I hate. When you're reading something and the characters are not true to who they are. And that's one after another all that you see here. So it's not him taking out the Marvel Universe. It's him taking out pale shadows of the Marvel Universe kind of thing. So moving on from there, though, let's talk about one last comic book that we actually both did really enjoy. Now, this is Dragon Age and the next series that's come out. It's a three parter and it's called Those Who Speak. This one is written the story as well by David Gator, same as last time and same as last time. He got help with the script from Alexander Freed and the art is by Chad Harden. Um, Now. We reviewed the last series when we had David Gator on as well. We absolutely loved it. Now, Vince and I are both fans of the Dragon Age IP, both the games, and I'd read the novels that Mr. Gator had written. Absolutely loved them. So here I thought it would be interesting because you have no experience with the Dragon Age universe. You haven't played the games, you haven't read the books, and you had not read the prior comic book. So I wanted to see what you thought of this coming into this universe brand spanking new so just to give a quick you know uh explanation of what this one is we saw how in the last series um alistair gets a little bit of information in terms and the king of Ferelden, of course uh, information about his father having been abducted and possibly still being alive and so this here follows on that where he is following some leads to try to get more information in terms of where his father might be so this one here same as last time is alistair who is traveling with isabel and with varick now again i Really, really, absolutely love this. Not just because I know the characters, not just because I played as the characters in the game, but also because I thought that once again, the writing was, I don't know if it's 
again, I, w- when speaking to, to David, he had said how he worked with Alexander for the story, for the pacing of the stories and whatnot. But once again, like when you're reading this, the pacing is beautiful here. The pacing is absolutely fantastic throughout, and the story is really engaging as they are, again, infiltrating this little party kind of thing, trying to get more information in terms of who might have more information in terms of where his father is and whether he's still alive. Then you got the little side plots with both both Varric as well as Isabel. So I really love this. Now, what did you think about it? I fell in love with it. I really did. I thought, again, the pacing was great, but I also thought the introduction to everything, this is completely new to me. I don't know these characters. I don't know the background, but you're being introduced to an entire universe. And it's just, it's such an adventure. I thought he did it so well. And see, that that's the big thing too here is it's always important and, and difficult when you are talking about a, or writing, I should say, a new series that you want to be able to do it in such a way that both the people who are very familiar with it, like myself, as well as the people who have absolutely no knowledge of it, like yourself, will enjoy it equally and sounds like you really enjoyed this a lot i did and i read it a couple of times and i didn't do it i was thinking back about it because i thought you know what i did read it about three times i did keep flipping back and going through it and it wasn't because i was confused it wasn't because something popped up and i didn't understand it i just i i wanted to make sure i had the right idea about it right and every time i went through it again i'd pick up a little thing like oh oh well, isn't that neat? Yeah. Like, you know, like, I bet that's going to come back up. I bet other people who know about this entire universe know more about this. I bet oh, this yeah. isn't just a tiny little piece of information here. So I've, I'm ready to pick up the next one. I really am. I want to keep reading and find out what happens. Yeah. And I love I love the pirates. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, just, I haven't read a comic with good pirates in so long. Well, Isabella is a very strong character. She's very she's the one that essentially narrates this issue. I don't know if she's narrating all of the um the, the three issues or if it's just this one here. I'm kind of hoping that they're going to alternate because I really like when Varric narrates as well. Varric is a very good storyteller and that you get from of course Dragon Age 2 and he's he's just phenomenal at telling a story and he has this kind of swarmy charm this swagger to him that you see here as well but again I like it when he's telling stories. Now that being said though Isabella is a great person to have narrating this just because you know where she stands on something. There's no messing around. There's no wondering whether or not she's forgiven you for something because she apparently does not forgive very well. (laughs) (laughs) You can ask a certain someone about that. Um, But, uh, and she is tough as nails. And she is, of course, with her crew as well when she's talking to them and leading the ship. And and Alistair makes a comment about that too, that it's hard to recognize her from one scene to the other because she's so different in them but again having read the novels and having played the games i expect that of her so the great thing is is that because it is once again written by david gator he he knows that universe inside and out he 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 created it you know so he knows that he's written the books he's he's written about alistair in depth in the in the novels in the comic books and and in the games so 
when you are reading these characters here, then you're not feeling like, oh, the writer was a little off. It feels like, you know, like the Deadpool thing. These guys aren't acting like you would think that they would. No, no, no. They're, this is them. And so this is just a phenomenal story. And of course, it, it culminates in this fantastic ship to ship combat going on with the Canary and with an ending panel that if this, again, does not make you want to pick up the next issue, then there's something wrong with you. This just isn't for you then, because for me, I'm seeing this and I'm thinking, God damn, <laughs> I, I want to see where this is going. No, it's true. And me knowing absolutely nothing about the Quinar, it was really catching. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. Yeah. Like, I, I want to know more. And the fact that this, what I'm assuming is a very large part of the universe and story, you get just a couple little pictures at the end, you know, a couple words sprinkled in and there's an attack. I mean, me, I know nothing. Well, the the good thing about how he wrote it too was that he makes the Kunari again be that ultimate bad, bad, they're, they're bad people, okay? And through various elements of the story, whether it be conversations that are had or when Isabel is talking to her crew about them or when the crew is telling her how worried they are about getting close to that land where the Canari are and things like that. So when that final battle is starting up there at the end of the first issue, you whether you know who these guys are, are or not, you have a deep sense of, okay, this is going to be bad. I know, and I want to read more. Like, I want to find out what happened. Yeah, I like that they also referenced some things that happened in Dragon Age 2. So that massive attack by the Canari, I played through that. So I was like, oh, I know what he's talking about. I was there. I killed a crap load of them, you know, so I, I can appreciate it even more. Anyways, very, very good. Two thumbs up for sure. For sure. Absolutely loved it. And the art in this hot, I mean, God, this was just a, a, a breathtaking issue. Same as the other ones. I love the style. I love the how the panel layout, how they all work together because some of these pages have a lot going on and yet it's it's handled beautifully. When you're looking at the the palace parties here, you can see tiny details in like the the freaking windows that have designs on them and everything. So it again, very well done. Again, really enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about it more as it is wrapping up again. So let's move on to what we've been reading. And with this, we're actually just going to touch on what you've been reading. And that is... Ah! <laughs> um, oh my God, Captain Marvel. I am <laughs> I'm hooked. Again, written by Kelly C. DeConnick and art by Dexter Soy. The beginning, the first two issues a great story. You're getting attached to your character. You're sort of learning her again, figuring out exactly who she is. And uh, I feel like it's just picking up speed. So you're still smack dab in the middle of World War II. You're learning more about these tough pilot women that she's with that just <laughs> kick butt. Like, these girls are amazing. Um, but as well as the machinery that's showing up that, that does throw the time. But they work it in so well, you know? It, they everything links together, everything makes sense, and there's just more and more action coming, which awesome. is very exciting for me. I actually haven't read that one, so I will be reading it tonight, and I'm quite looking forward to it. So, okay, let's move on to what came out today. On the DC side, we've got uh, Aquaman number 12, if you're 
still reading that. Uh, Batman Beyond Unlimited number seven. And also, if you're still reading the Beyond Watchmen, Minutemen number three came out. Detective Comets Annual number one came out. Diablo number five of five, finishing off that little mini series. Flash Annual number one. Green Lantern Annual number one. Justice League number 12 and Justice League International Annual number one. Phantom Lady number one of four and Superman Annual number one. So we got a whole crap load of number ones, the annuals that they're hoping to suck your money back because not a lot of people are buying the other issues anyways on the marvel side we've got avenging spider-man number 11 which i cannot wait to read oh. uh avx number or sorry avx versus number five of six captain marvel number three and ff number 21 gambit number two journey into mystery and i only say that because events number 642 powers number 11 can't wait to read that ultimate comics x-men number 15 oh uncanny x-force number 30 which i know somebody else is dying to read <laughs> hey. there's hand waving there's hand waving yes a there bit is of dancing going on over here see dancing i'm, I'm, I'm i actually trademarked that uh wolverine and his peeps number 15 and extreme x-men number two and on to the uh the others we have uh the closing of the mass effect homeworlds number four of four and that's from dark horse morning glories from image number 21 and skull kickers number 17 God, that's another one that I just can't wait to read that. Been loving that. So with that, once again, Sarah, thank you very much for popping by. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm having a blast. Oh, it, it does sound like you are. Okay, and with that, we will be back next week, same time. And if you need the show notes, they are at comicbookinformer.com. On Twitter, at CBinformer. You can email at me at roger at comicbookinformer.com or vince at comicbookinformer.com if you want to say, hey, get your ass back on the show. And with that, we'll talk to you guys next week.